Greetings, people loved by God, and welcome to worship on this third Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends worshiping online, on the radio, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org. You will find the bulletin for this service under the Resources tab, and an option for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Today, we continue our summer sermon series called God's Living Water, and we will look at how God used water to wash the leprosy away from Naaman, a Gentile military leader. In his washing in the Jordan River, Naaman is healed by God. I have a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship. Funeral arrangements for Denise Hildebrand, who died in the Lord this past Thursday, are set for Wednesday, June 21st at 10.30 a.m. at Pitchford Funeral Home, 2555 Vaughn Road, Wood River, Illinois. And, a, and the burial to take place at Jefferson Barracks at 12.45 p.m. This coming Saturday, this coming Wednesday, June 21st, is our evening prayer service. Evening prayer is a brief, mostly sung, time of worship and prayer that takes place in our prayer chapel. Service starts at 6 p.m. Please join us for evening prayer this Wednesday evening. Vacation Bible School is right around the corner. VBS is scheduled for Sunday, June 25th through Thursday, June 29th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. Each, each evening, and the VBS will take place at Grace Chapel in Bell Fountain Neighbors. Volunteers sign up and registration forms and flyers are all available at the display table in the Commons area. Our elder for this weekend is Craig Schlickman, who is standing in the back. Craig will also be greeting you at the door as you leave worship. Get to know him as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessing to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of the Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn, 826, Hark the Voice of Jesus Calling. God's blessings. Good morning, God's blessings. Good morning, John. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, George. God's peace. Good morning, God's peace. God's peace. God's peace. God's peace, Jan.
name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us, according to your promises in Christ Jesus. Merciful Father has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. do anything that is good. We ask for your spirit to guide our thinking and to help us do what is pleasing to you. Enable us to live according to your will in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Good morning. The Old Testament reading comes from the fifth chapter of 2 Kings. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have, have the man come to see me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than any of the waters of Israel? Could I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now, I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept the thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimen, I bow down and he is leaning on my arm, and I bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimen, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. 
The epistle reading comes from the fifth chapter of Romans. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if we, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Jesus went through all the... Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. At this time, I would like to welcome the children up for a uh, children's message. What are you doing? I think there's more coming. Welcome guys, how are you guys doing? Good. So today is a pretty special day. Can anybody tell me what day it is? It's Father's Day, that's right. 
Father's Day is a day that we just kind of take to celebrate Dad and everything that He does for us. He takes care of us. He loves us. He spends time with us. I want to show you guys a picture of my dad. Can you see him? Now, you can't really see what he's reading, but if you had a guess, what do you think that book is? What does it look like? Bible. The Bible. That's right, the Bible. And when I was really little, my dad, he taught me a lot of things. He taught me, he took me hunting and fishing. When I was really little, he even played farm animals with me. That was my favorite thing. I had a whole farm set. And, but I think the most important thing my dad ever did was, with me was he, taught, he, he read the Bible with me. We spent time in the Bible together. That's how we spent time together. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, when we spend time in God's Word, and we open up the Bible and we read the Bible, we're really spending time with our other Father, our Heavenly Father. Now, who do you think our Heavenly Father is? God, you're right. Smart. And so when we read God's Word and we spend time in it, not only are we spending time with God our Father, but we're also learning what He has to say. And we see how He cares for us and how He loves us just like our dads do. He loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that one day we can be with Him in heaven all together. I think that's pretty awesome. And I think that's, He gives a lot of promises. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Jesus, Guys, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for our fathers. And thank you for our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
grace, mercy, and peace from our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. The proclamation for God's word today is from 2 Kings, the first chapter. And a blessed Father's Day to all fathers everywhere. Through water, God teaches us many important things about faith and our relationship with him. Two weeks ago, we looked at the rivers that watered the Garden of Eden and the perfect relationship Adam and Eve lost for all of us with their fallen descent. God drove them from the garden, but God never abandoned them, promising Adam and Eve a savior who would crush the head of the serpent who had tempted them to eat the forbidden fruit and to restore their holiness and creation to perfection. And last week, we saw the faith of Moses and the Israelites put to the test when the Lord delivered them from slavery in Egypt and led them into the wilderness. They went into the wilderness so that they could meet God at Mount Sinai. He tested their faith by letting them go without water in the wilderness. Israel failed the test. They complained to Moses and showed their distrust to God. Then God miraculously provided water for the, from a rock. Compare Israel's faith with Jesus, who spent 40 days in the same wilderness without food, and yet trusted God his Father to resist Satan's temptation to feed himself by turning rocks into bread. And today we look at another passage about water. This time it involves a foreign Gentile commander named Naaman. And the text introduces him this way. Naaman was commander of the armies of the king of Aram. He was a very important man in the eyes of his master. And he was highly respected. That's because the Lord had helped him win battles over Aram's enemies. He was a brave soldier, but he had a skin disease. Naaman is a prominent soldier in the kingdom of Syria. His military skill and leadership has advanced Syria's prosperity. In one of the raids that they, Syria did, they raided a village and took a young Israelite girl captive. And the little girl is truly one of the unsung heroes of this account. We can only imagine the trauma this little girl experienced watching the raiding band come galloping into her town and carried off from her home and made a slave to a foreign woman. Now she could have been filled with hatred for her captors and delighted when her master, Naaman, was struck with incurable leprosy. Or she could have turned her bitterness against God, who had let her be captured and dragged from her home. But listen to this tremendous faith of this young girl as she said to Naaman's wife, I wish my master would go and see the prophet who is in Samaria. He would heal my master of his skin disease. The servant girl shows tremendous faith and concern for Naaman and his wife. The servant girl's sympathy for her captors probably demonstrates something about how they treated this little girl but even more about the faith in the Holy Spirit that created 
had created and had sustained this faith in her. And it tells us something about the fame of the prophet Elisha. His fame and work were well known among the people of Israel, including this little servant girl. Now when Naaman heard there was a possibility, a possible cure for his leprosy, he immediately acted on the news. He went to his master, he told them what the little girl from Israel had told him, and his, the king told him, I think this is a good idea. I will give you a letter and you can take that to the king of Israel. Now the relationship between the nations of Syria and Israel were not good. The simple fact is, is that Syria had just raided, just said raiding parties into Israel and this is when they captured the little servant girl. But the Syrian king cared so much about Naaman that he humbled himself to send Naaman to the king with this plea. Naaman left, he had 750 pounds of silver with him, he had 150 pounds of gold, and he took 10 sets of clothes. Not including the clothing, this comes to around $4.4 million today. This shows the prominence and the importance of Naaman to this king. A great reward was included in payment for this miracle that was being requested. The letter said, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you with this letter. I want you to heal him of his skin disease. The king did not take this letter in really a good way. He tore his clothes. He asked, my God, can I kill people and bring them back to life? This fellow must want to start a war with me and he's gonna use this as an excuse to invade Israel. We learn a lot in that statement about the state of this Israelite king's faith. For him, healing leprosy was impossible. He can only conclude that the Syrian king wants to start a war and he's seeking grounds for invasion. Cure my servant or else. And he shows the strength, he knows the strength of the Syrian army. He's feeling helpless about defending his kingdom and he expressed his grief and concern by tearing his clothes. But Elisha the prophet heard about this. And he sent a message to the king asking why he had torn his clothes. He told the king, send this man to me so that he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. And it's kind of a mystery that the king of Israel didn't think of calling Elijah the second Naaman came before him. The king would have heard about the miracles the Lord God had worked through Elijah. This was God's prophet, the assistant and successor to the famous prophet Elijah. Comparing this Israelite king with the little Israelite serving girl, and it, it illustrates a striking contrast in faith. She has complete faith that God, through Elisha, can cure the leper. The king doesn't believe in God, so why would he think Elisha would be able to cure Naaman of his leprosy? But having no other options, 
the king listens to Elisha and he sends Naaman his way. Now we know Naaman is excited now. He approached the prophet his servant girl had told him about and this is what he was met with. Elisha sent out a messenger and he told him to go wash in the Jordan River seven times and you will be pure and clean again. This was not the reception that Naaman was expecting. And it threw him into a rage. He was the commander of the armies of Syria. His orders were instantly obeyed. He surely deserved more respect than the prophet's message coming to him. Elijah himself should have come down and met him personally. And by the way, Naaman had even determined how this healing should take place. It should have had all the showmanship of a magician show on the Las Vegas Strip. But to have a servant come and tell him to wash himself in that dirty Jordan River, Naaman was exalted and he was ready to return to Syria in rage. And probably the king's greatest fear would have come true. true. The Syrian army would have been on its way. But you know, this is how people respond to God's offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. They expect God will give them something to accomplish. A long pilgrimage to a holy place, a complex ritual to perform over 40 days, or a great sacrifice of time, talents, or money. But no, God rejects all of that. If you are to be healed of your sin and saved, there is only one thing that you must do. Repent and be washed in the water of baptism. How many people have rejected Christianity and turned to one of the works-based works religions like Islam, Buddhism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints? Nothing comes for free. I have to do something for God so that he'll overlook the wrong things that I have done. I have to earn my place in heaven. In the same frame of mind, Naaman rejected Elisha's instructions and he was ready to leave. But again, servants stepped forward to save their master that day. His servants asked him, if Elijah had asked you to do some monumental task, you wouldn't have had a problem on earth in doing this. All he's asking you to do is to go wash yourself. Surely that's not too hard for you to accomplish. So they reasoned with their commander. If the prophet had directed him to go and do something strenuous and challenging again, he wouldn't have had anything to do with it. How much more when he was asked to do something as easy as go to the Jordan, wash seven times, and you'll be clean. So Naaman did go to the Jordan River, and he did as he was instructed. And then his skin was made pure and clean, and they describe it as the skin of a young boy. God had broken through Naaman's, Naaman's pride. Naaman humbled himself as a mere creature and submitted 
to his creator's expressed will. And his leprosy was cured. And his skin is restored. God used water to do something great for a needy sinner. There is nothing unique or magical about the waters of the Jordan River. It doesn't contain some mystery, mysterious healing property. The water connected to the word and command of God. And the faith in the Holy Spirit worked in Naaman to go to the river and wash as God declared. And that and faith is what healed him. Many years later, Jesus left his hometown of Nazareth and he came to this very same river of Jordan. And he presented himself to the great prophet John the Baptist. The Lord humbled himself to obey his father's will and be baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. And when he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. Jesus was anointed, set apart from all the other Jews to be God's servant, to go to the cross and to suffer for our sins and win complete forgiveness and salvation. Today, Jesus calls us to turn from our sins, pride, confidence in our reasoning, and trust in him. He joins his powerful word to everyday, ordinary water and makes his brothers and sisters, makes us brothers and sisters through the sacrament of holy baptism. He washes sin from us as he once washed the leprosy from Naaman. Now, we may think that nothing is free since everything comes at a cost. Baptism can't be free. And you're right, it's not free. It came at a staggering price. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, went into the water of baptism and came out carrying your and my sins as well as the sins of the world. He took them to the cross and received God's punishment for our sins. Baptism's free benefits cost Jesus Christ dearly. They demanded his life. He had to be perfect and obedient. And he suffered innocently and died in our place. But because Jesus paid the price, the gift of forgiveness and salvation are free for all of us, just as the healing of leprosy was free for Naaman. Now, Naaman did return with those treasures, and he tried to pay Elisha for his healing. But the prophet refused. Even though Naaman begged him to take $4.4 million, the prophet refused. And why did he refuse? He wanted it to be crystal clear to Naaman, his servants, and all the people of Israel that forgiveness, peace, and salvation are impossible for us to learn, earn or merit for ourselves, no matter how much time, talent, or treasure we may sacrifice. God's gift of salvation is free. His son Jesus Christ footed the bill entirely, paying the total price in his life, death, and resurrection. Today, Jesus again offers you that free and full salvation. Go in peace.
Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Now may the love of Christ that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of Christ Jesus. Amen. Please rise as we confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God, Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. We bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for being our Savior and friend. We praise you for your death and your resurrection and the promise that you give your children that because you live, we shall also live. By your Holy Spirit, continually encourage us in the faith that we, must, that we may be your faithful servants. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we are humbled and awed by your intimate knowledge and care for our lives, even to the point of having numbered the hairs on our heads. We ask that you provide for our temporal and eternal needs according to your good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, strengthen, strengthen the witness of your church on earth and of this congregation that through the testimony of our lips your gospel may be winsomely proclaimed to the lost. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, place your wise hand upon all the nations of the earth. Give them leaders who seek after justice and peace and lead all people to the freedom of your gospel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus your son even as we remember and, com and commemorate the end of slavery in the United States 158 years ago we ask that you look with compassion on the whole human family take away the arrogance and hatred that sometimes infects our hearts break down the walls that separate us Unite us in the bonds of love, and in spite of our sin, struggle, and confusion, work to accomplish your purposes on earth, so that in your good time, every people and nation may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look with favor, Lord, upon all who are sick, injured, and recovering. Today we especially remember Amy Marler and Manfred Loesch as he has a medical procedure this week. Give your peace, your comfort, and if it be your will, your healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear are your prayer. Gracious God, we give you praise and thanks along with those who celebrate special milestones. 
of your grace, especially Lois Hoffman as she and her family celebrates her 90th birthday. Continue to pour out your grace, your love, and your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, in mercy on this Father's Day weekend, we praise and thank you for all our earthly fathers through whom you have given us the gift of life. Make them examples to us of your fatherly love and help them to proclaim to their children your mighty deeds in Christ, bringing them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And with the words that our Lord taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We continue with our offerings.
Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord look upon us with favor and give us peace. Amen.